This episode may contain adult themes and explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Sorry. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Film Critic of the Common Man podcast. While other film podcasts might enjoy a nice hard beverage, we stick solely to Jared Leto's hard kombucha. Every episode, we discuss a film from the perspective of a film critic and the perspective of a common man. We may not agree, but it certainly won't be boring. I'm your co-host, Ben Miller. I write about films from my own site, Ice Cream for Freaks, as a member of the North Texas Film Critics Association. Uh, as well as the International Film Society critics. You can hear me guest on other pods as David Thulis of podcasting. I am joined by my, my brother and con man co-host, a man who loves to play Zoom games in a bathtub, Jake Miller. How you doing, buddy? Hello, everyone. Hey, <laughs> well, happy new year, happy buddy. New, happy new year to you, buddy. Uh, it's a and new year. Happy and new year to everyone out there. Absolutely. And we're going to start it off with a pretty good one that uh, everybody should be able to uh, get almost immediately. Um, so uh, just for the sake of uh, transparency, if you have not seen this movie, it's on Netflix. You can go watch it right now. Uh, but we are going to discuss yeah. this in pretty good depth. So spoilers, spoiler alert. Spoilers beware, obviously. Um, so if you've gotten into this movie, if you haven't seen it yet, we're going to spoil pretty much every aspect of it. So uh, we'll get yeah. into it. Um, so this movie we're talking about today is Glass Onion, a sequel to a uh, movie we have done before in our first film mm -hmm. sequel. Uh, Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery, directed and written by Ray, uh, Ryan Johnson, uh, starring Daniel Craig, Edward Norton, Janelle Monet, Catherine Hahn, Leslie Odom Jr., Jessica Henwick, Madeline Klein with Kate Hudson and Dave Bautista. Co-starring uh, Noah Segan, Dallas Roberts, Jackie Hoffman, with cameos from Ethan Hawke, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Hugh Grant. Uh, opened, actually, uh, was premiered at a film festival uh, at the Toronto International Film Festival on September 10th of 2022. Uh, received a platform release around Thanksgiving in a couple theaters uh, on November 23rd, and then released on Netflix two days before Christmas on the 23rd mm -hmm. uh, of this year as well. So box office-wise... It's kind of hard to skew this based off of what was actually going on, because since it's a Netflix movie, um, they didn't have it in theaters very long and made 15 million dollars in 600 theaters over a week. So it did really good. But for some reason, they just didn't want to keep it in very long. Um, hmm. As of the as of this week, uh, they said that people streamed Glass Onion for uh, 82.1 million hours. So they estimated uh, 35 million households. Um for the two hour wow. runtime. So plenty of people saw it. Um, and it's it uh, probably more than once too. It's a very much, uh, mm -hmm. so this is the second time I had seen it. I know it was the first time you've seen it. Mm -hmm. it. It very much improves on second times. You kind of pick up things on the second watches. Um, does uh, It's destined for some awards attention. Um, it's probably going to be up for some Oscars for screenplay, uh, maybe potential acting for, uh, and then uh, also um, picture and stuff like that. But uh, two Golden Globe nominations uh, for uh, Best Comedy and Best Actor for Daniel Craig. Um, Rotten Tomatoes, just as they love the first one, they love this one too. 93% critics, 93% audience. Very unsurprising. Um, okay, so... I could see that, yeah. So... Uh, we're going to get into the plot of this, but I suggest to anybody to not seek out any plot summaries or plot ideas of this. Just know it's a Knives Out type movie. 
go in and just kind of let it happen because Mm -hmm. I went into it cold the first time. I had no idea who was dead. I had no idea who, what the motives were, anything like that. And it just unraveled beautifully. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, I will do a quick uh, plot description of Glass Onion. Uh, So this is this set uh, weirdly during the thick of the COVID pandemic in 2020. Um, Everybody's still at home. But uh, so these uh, four friends, um, there is uh, Claire, who is the governor of Connecticut, is played by uh, uh, Catherine Hahn. There's Lionel, who's a scientist. Um, played by Leslie Odom Jr. Birdie J, a uh, supermodel fashion designer, played by Kate Hudson. And Duke, uh, a video game streamer, men's right activist, played by Dave Bautista. Um, they're all friends and they receive a box from their other friend, the CEO of a technology company called Alpha, named Miles Braun, played by Edward Norton. And essentially, it's their yearly trip get together and all that kind of fun stuff. Also involved is. Um, uh, Janelle Monet playing uh, Andy Brand, a uh, the former co-owner of Alpha, and so for the sake of this plot summary, it's split into two halves. So the first half of the movie is them getting together, kind of going to the island. Everybody is involved. Um, Benoit Blanc, played by Daniel Craig again, for some reason is also in, uh, invited on this trip. They go to the private island. They're hanging out. You kind of see the different. Uh, different relationships and how that all works at the party. Um, the reason they're there is Miles is this this genius billionaire and he wants everybody to do like spend three days solving this murder mystery of his murder. Um, and yep. it's staged and all that kind of stuff. Um, well, uh, Benoit Blanc figures this out very, very quickly and kind of spoils it all, assuming an actual murder is going to take place. So mm-hmm. as it goes along, it turns out that uh, Duke... Um, the, uh, the video game streamer, um, he accidentally, uh, ingested pineapple juice, which kills him, um, uh, through his drink through an allergic reaction. So he is dead and everybody doesn't really know what's going on. Uh, Andy runs off, um, there's chaos and then Andy and Benoit kind of meet and he's like, okay, I'm about to solve this thing. And she gets shot. That's the first half of the movie. Yep. And then the second half is the flashback to a couple weeks before where mm-hmm. Benoit Blanc is actually approached by Helen Brand, also played by Janelle Monet, her Southern sister, who's like, oh, my sister's dead. I don't think it's a suicide. I want you to investigate it. So he goes to the island, uh, brings her along, posing as Andy. The murderer is the only one who actually knows she's dead. Everybody else is assuming, okay, she's here for whatever reasons and getting in she's investigating he's investigating you find out more and more of the mystery uh the motive and opportunity um it turns out after everything uh, everything kind of comes together that uh miles is the one who tried to shoot andy uh knowing it was actually helen um and the reason miles did that is because miles also killed andy um by drugging her and then running her car and then she also killed Duke for various reasons, finding out about Andy. Um, at the end of the day, it, the reason he did all this is because he's an idiot and he's just trying to cover his tracks. He's yeah. a moron and everybody supports him because he's their kind of golden ticket. Um, and without any evidence to show for it, um, they're like, okay, well, I guess he's going to get away with it. And in kind of a rage catharsis, Helen decides to start destroying everything and uh, culminating with the destruction of his entire building with uh, a hydrogen solution that he has 
called clear with a K um, mm-hmm. to uh, <laughs> to blow up his house. Uh, also destroying the Mona Lisa, which is which is fun. And then um, the essentially the consequences from that are going to expose him. And everybody kind of goes on her side and it's like, OK, he is going to be exposed. Everything's good. And they're waiting for the cops to arrive as the credits roll. Um, there's a ton to get into on this. It's yeah, I commend you on that plot <laughs> summary because <laughs> there's I mean, Ooh. I barely mentioned the Mona Lisa. I don't mention Birdie's assistant Peg, played by Jessica Henwick. Whiskey, right. Duke's girlfriend, who yep. is also sleeping with Miles. Um, my favorite character, Daryl, who's just a slacker hanging around the island. I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah, I didn't mention Daryl at all. It's like, <laughs> it's just, that's I hey, want to be Daryl. I want to be exactly. Daryl looks like he's having a blast <laughs> the whole time. He's like, shit. Yeah, I'm in a mansion, and then. Yeah, at the end, this detective tells me we need to get out, and then we sit, you know, on the lakeside and for the on the beach, and uh, I'm gonna smoke weed and watch <laughs> it burn. Exactly, that's that great. Um, and I, and like I said, I didn't even mention the uh, the cameos. So there's a uh, there's um, Ethan Hawke as the kind of uh, consigliere of of edward norton who kind of somehow is able to vaccinate everybody from covid really quick i don't know how i don't with a with like a aerosol gun whatever See, yeah <laughs> i i didn't even know he was in it i know i know and and by the way he's in it for two minutes he's barely in the movie and okay then, so he's just the guy that that's just it that's the, it and that's the only okay. time we see him and then uh that was expensive <laughs> well i think i think it's like hey you know are you in the area come hang out and do this little fun thing hugh grant yeah. same thing hugh grant playing benoit blanc's exactly. uh husband so um uh yeah he, that's he pops what in. I assumed. yeah and then yeah uh also in it for less than a minute and joseph gordon levitt has my favorite um actually cameo of the whole is movie. he a driver no he is the voice of the hourly dong that dong the clock that that uh, yeah every, yeah that's joseph gordon levitt <laughs> it's it's so dumb like it's just all these silly things joseph gordon levitt's been in no problem he, he, joseph gordon levitt has been in every single one of ron johnson's movies so mm-hmm. it's always just kind of throw him in there um the 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 again murder mystery fun the most interesting thing to me yeah, about yeah. this it's so much fun because you just have until Duke dies, you have no idea who's going to die. You have no idea who's going to kill him. You have yep. no what the like. You're just like, oh man. And then once he dies, you're like, okay, this is this is where we're going. I don't know why that happened. And then Miles kind of throws it to be like, oh, somebody's trying to kill me. And then Andy gets shot, and it turns out it wasn't Andy. It was actually Helen, and all that kind of stuff. It's it's so it's very very complex. Where we're, we're still being, it is yeah. Still being it, like it's it's much easier to watch than it is to describe. Yes, that's that's the perfect description of it. Yep. Is yeah. It's, I, I, I was it's never confused to watch and follow along, and you can start figuring things out. Mm-hmm. But if you try to like you just did, like with mm-hmm. the plot summary, I'd be like, I, well, <laughs> it yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's easy. It, it would be easy to get lost trying to describe it, I guess. Yes, yes. It's it's complex because like it yeah. the, the basic idea is it's people a mystery. Get, people get together, there's a murder, you gotta figure it out from there. 
it's like, well, who's murdered? It's like, no, nope, that's going to ruin the fun and just, just go and, and, and then Blanc being there and Daniel Craig again, having the time of his life, just having a blast doing what he's doing. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, it just uh, like everybody in this movie, just like the first one, look like they're having a lot of fun making it. Like, yep. And I, yeah, I agree. It seems like, um, like almost seeing Daniel Craig, like in the James Bond 007 type mm -hmm. role. Yeah. And then seeing them in this movie, it's almost like two completely different people. I mean, and I'm not talking just accent or, yeah, yeah. you know, it's just the demeanor and yeah. And I mean, you even, even he's having a lot more fun. Um, whereas you can kind of look at some 007 things and be yeah. like, that guy's doing his job. Yeah. And Dave, ba Dave Bautista was in Spectre with, mm -hmm. da with Daniel Craig and they shared scenes and he said, Craig seems to be enjoying himself a lot more on this movie. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'll bet. Yeah. So, and, and I mean, they even subvert those type of things, you know, like Daniel Craig and his famous little blue trunks in Casino yeah. Royale. And in this, he's in a, 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 a shirt and shorts swim combo. Like <laughs> he's wearing Ascot, ascots constantly. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it, it, it does a lot of that subverting and, you know, just the general idea of kind of, I'll get into this later. It's like every, everything kind of has a mirror in reality. Like, Oh, this is based off of this person. And this is kind of indicative of this. And it's just the general, like, it's always those nice little nods. So whenever yeah. I talk about people having fun, I think the two people that the having the most fun in this movie outside of Craig, uh, Kate Hudson, who is just seems to be his, who, who loves being this stupid, just loves playing this stupid. She is yeah. so good at it. And she just leans into it. Yeah, and <laughs> I kind of had a little bit of a theory on this. Okay, okay. This is no offense to anybody, okay. but I kind of wonder if she channeled her inner 80s Goldie Hawn. Yeah, and I, you know, I was thinking a lot of that too. Uh -huh. When she's doing this, like, man, she's really leaning hard into her mom's, like, that kind of persona. And, and even getting a little deeper in it where she's like, Man, I liked Miles whenever I was the person in charge. Yes. And just like, oh, having that power over men and just like just mm -hmm. living in that and not having that anymore. When on the second watch, I'd watch it with my wife. She also watched it the first time. She really noticed the combative nature between uh whiskey and mm -hmm. and uh uh and and Bertie Jade. Like they were really at each other the whole time. Like they yeah. never never actually fighting but like back and forth the other person well, having fun go and, ahead sorry yeah i did notice that as well and i thought like the thought that came to my mind was like man men and women just fight completely different yes like, yes like you know i mean <laughs> if i have a problem with you i'm gonna come up to you say something say, get in our face i yeah. got a i got a problem with mm -hmm. you how do we, how are we gonna handle this <laughs> yeah but yeah, just this passive aggressive just like a, a battle. It's like, oh, I'm gonna get in. The, I'm gonna get in the pool, but, and she comes out in this tiny bikini. She's like, oh, I'll, I'm gonna lay out for a little bit. It's like, oh, yeah, exactly. All that combativeness. Yeah, that that did occur to me. I was like, man, chicks fight different. <laughs> the other person having fun, also being stupid, is Edward Norton. Edward Norton absolutely is, is having the time, like especially a guy like Edward Norton who he does a lot of 
comedic stuff. Like he's popped up in comedies, yeah. kind of his cameos, but this is the time he's like, man, I kind of get to go broad and play off his kind of persona of being like, Oh, da, 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 like, like, all, all, like just an ass, a jag golf. My God. He was like, just, yeah, a, it just sucks. I'll, <laughs> I'll say two things on this is yeah this role is really like i feel like his um antithesis of american mm. history x absolutely it's like <laughs> how serious and dark that is i mean Go, going yes. hard in the paint full commitment and he's then, having fun yep and then also um obviously what i was thinking is like oh geez i, I wonder who this character is kind of you know yeah and, and yeah and, and my seven-year-old son was sitting in the room and he goes <laughs> he's seven he goes this guy is a combination of elon musk and jeff bezos <laughs> well, they, like, they asked they asked ryan johnson about it and it's like well did you base him on elon musk and he said ah this is just a terrible accident like it just he said i it, I, the, I suppose <laughs> the timing was right yeah i mean yeah it's 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 one of those things it's like well they probably made this a while ago and they didn't anticipate what all that was going to happen but mm. that's kind of the Next point I was going to get into the genius of this movie is, you know, and, and on the second watch, it was really apparent. They cannot, they keep saying it's like, he's a billionaire. He's a CEO. He's a genius. Da, 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 da. It's like, oh, well he has the results. So therefore he must be smart. And it's like, nope, mm. he is a moron. And, and even, and even yeah. as they're peeling it back, they're like, oh, he did say all these things and uh, all the, the saying the words wrong and breathe and, uh, you know, buying Paul, Paul McCartney's guitar and then throwing it away, just like the, the recklessness. Yeah. And I, I really love how Benoit Blanc, that's once he starts, no pun intended, peeling yeah. back the onion. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great metaphor. Out, <laughs> this, this guy isn't smart. Nope. Nope. <laughs> he doesn't even know. He just says words that sound yep. smart but they're not real words said, like this guy's a fucking moron he said i think that's the line you know it's like so breathe like that's not a word automatically, yeah i mean he chops his fake legs out from underneath yeah. him basically it's like you're propped up on nothing dude you you didn't make this and it's and 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 i think he says this to helen at one point whenever before they get to the island uh, on the flashback he's like well you know miles isn't going to do that he's a genius why would he do that he, and then as soon as he realized oh he's stupid everything falls into place and yeah. and he's it, like i got this i got this now because you're stupid way and, smarter than and, this and, guy and, okay and he says it and blanc says that a couple of things like oh you're really good at clue or really just like i'm very bad at dumb things that's why it takes him so long because he's like well i assume there's a mad genius behind it it's like nope there's an idiot and yep. <laughs> and once that, that happens the vast majority of crimes yes i mean there's uh, some dumbass that goes hey yeah, I can get away with it. It's 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 very much a oh well he he has the results and this entire time like and I was thinking oh well how is he able to corrupt everybody like you know every, everybody bending to his will it's like well he has the power of money so mm. he can essentially say I'm going to do this because I have the money and mm -hmm. it'll never fall back on me because I have the resources behind me and everybody else doesn't. 
Yeah, he definitely feels untouchable. Um, yes. Yeah. In a lot of ways you are, but ultimately no one's untouchable. No, no. Eventually. I mean, empires always fall. Always, always. Um, and even, I mean, <laughs> the, so the, the big line I love from this movie is whenever Benoit's kind of breaking it all down, he's like, so, so dumb. And Bertie J goes, so dumb, it's brilliant. He's like, no, it's just, it's just dumb. Like it's dumb. <laughs> it's just, there's, there's no, there's no, oh, he tried to do this. It's like, no, he's stupid. Um, now that being said, as it's kind of being revealed, he never accepts culpability. He never says, yes, I killed her. Uh, yes, I did this. He just goes, he just lets them talk. And we all know it's true, mm-hmm. but he never actually incriminates himself. Right. It's actually interesting. That, you know, thinking- a lot of it's, yeah, just kind of circumstantial and stuff like that. Yeah. But I mean, you know, if he was clean, why would he burn the napkin? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, 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 you know, the catharsis of the ending of, it's like this guy, it's like, let's, let's smash his stuff. And he's like, well, it doesn't matter. It's just stuff. It's like, it's all replaceable until the one thing that's unreplaceable is destroyed. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, and the, the, the more you think about it, how dumb it is that he put in an override switch just so he couldn't, he had to look at it without a piece of glass there. Like right. there's like that. Well, that was totally and completely unnecessary. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, really shits yeah, on the that, Mona Lisa a little bit too. I, you know, and I, I mentioned that I watched that, uh, I watched it with my wife and I, you know, I'm, uh, know some art history sure. and our, our mom is very well educated yep. in art history, but, yep. um, yeah, the Mona Lisa, I'm just like, I don't get what the hype is really. Yeah, I mean, like a real plain looking lady with a weird face. Yeah. It's I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. Now that being said of all the art things we've done, we've never actually seen the Mona Lisa. So maybe if we were to see it, it would be, it'd be different, but in reality, it's just kind of like, eh, not really. Um, so we've seen it. It was in the Louvre. I don't remember going to the Louvre. Mm-hmm. Oh. But it's actually a reflection. Oh it's yeah, that's right. Like that's right. That's right. Because they don't it's let anybody get anywhere near they it. They have. Yeah. Yeah. It's untouchable. I mean, it yeah. can withstand a nuclear blast. <laughs> so I guess really we haven't. Seen we haven't it. seen it. Who has seen, seen it? Of... Yeah. 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 So yeah. um, so Dave Bautista in this movie playing Duke, um, kind of a um uh, an un uh, if if you look at if you look at edward norton playing an elon musk type um dave bautista is playing a joe rogan yeah yeah so, I, so, <laughs> hey that's good i didn't think about yeah, that so i mean yeah. and and you know like uh there's there's some politicians you can kind of look at who Catherine hans playing that kind of stuff and uh sure. but but i mean so dave bautista i really like dave bautista i really like him in pretty much everything i've seen um my question to you is like, where do you, so rest, professional wrestlers, we would never been professional wrestling people. Um, mm. I understand. I had like a couple weeks when I was a kid where I was really into it, like the Stone Cold Steve Austin days. But I mean, of the, of the greatest acting wrestlers, Dave Bautista is pretty good. He really is. Um, the only one I can really think uh, that, that's along the same lines as obviously 
The Rock. So Dwayne Johnson. So but, I, I've I and, I, and I think they're both really good at it, but I think it's because they don't necessarily take themselves too seriously. And this is John Cena is the same thing. John Cena is exceptional at be like, yes. oh, I'm a huge muscly guy, but I'm going to subvert every expectation you have. I'm going to yeah. do dumb stuff. I'm going to be sensitive. I'm going to do like, it's like, it, yeah. he's, he's willing to go that mile to be like, I don't have to be like the, the Cena specifically of the, when I think of the three of them, Cena is the one where you're like, okay, I'm willing. <laughs> you don't see him. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he's the one where I'm like, okay, he is the most willing to make fun of himself. Like he does things in movies that Dwayne Johnson's not going to do. Like he's right. not going to allow himself to right. be that dumb. Dwayne Johnson probably has the star more, the star magnetism more than anybody else. Mm -hmm. But I think Batista might be the best actor. Like he takes chances. He's in, he's in other stuff. Like he was in the second Blade Runner movie and uh, you know, he's in Dune and uh, you know, yeah. and uh, but I really like him in this. So, okay. So where do you fall on the, so Kate Hudson well into her, uh, Kate Hudson somehow getting better with age. I don't know how she's doing it. She's 43. Uh, and when she showed up, she, I think she was 21 and just getting better as she goes. Yeah. She, she walks out along the pool, like <laughs> in this bikini. And I, I had just seen her in an episode of, I don't know if you're familiar with hot ones, but. Oh yes, yes, yes. Interview while they yes. eat extreme hot wings. <laughs> yes. And I, and so I learned more about her watching that. And I turned to my wife and I was like, she's in her forties and I think she has three kids. Yep. She has two or three kids. She has three. Um, so uh, she, <laughs> she has a fun little, um, she has uh, three kids, uh, three different guys, but I mean, who, who cares spread out. So she was, she was married and dated, uh, married and had the first kid with the lead singer, uh, Chris Robinson, the lead singer of the Black Crows. Mm. And then is she interested in a fourth? <laughs> well, are you a musician? Because uh, the second one was the lead singer Muse. And the third one was a co-owner of a record company. So you have to kind of keep that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, she certainly she has a type. Play the mouth heart. Pretty good. <laughs> so, yeah, Kate Hudson looks great, but I mean. And I've also had a vasectomy, but she doesn't even know that. <laughs> hey, just just she PSA. still looks good. Common man, thumbs she, up. Uh, the critic is way on board as well. She looks great, and I think she's still she's still bringing the heat. Like she's fantastic in this movie. She's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, and then definitely. Madeline Klein as well, who I've never seen before. Um, just playing, a, you know that kind of character like it would have been really easy for her to suck like it's like just across the board it's like you're terrible but generally mm -hmm. she's a pretty she's like and that talk she has with uh the talk she has with uh with helen about like oh you know i'm you know i'm kind of doing this because we're you know kind of you know it's helping my brand and it's like okay well mm -hmm. trying to like a modern woman trying to make it off of her looks and She's aware of that. She's aware of kind of what she's doing and it's kind of an odd relationship, but I really liked what she was doing in this movie too. Yeah. So yeah, that was a very interesting dynamic there. It now, kind of like, yeah, you got now, more looks. 
the best performance in this movie, I think. And so going into this movie, I didn't know anything about the plot. I tried to specifically keep away from it. But everybody I had heard from said, man, could Janelle Monet get an Oscar nomination? And, and at the first half, whenever she gets shot, I'm like, she hasn't done anything. And then the second right. half comes and I'm like, oh, Janelle Monet's really good. She's really she, good. She plays two people. Yes. And the first half of the movie... I'm like, I don't even like this lady. Yeah, yeah. Like, she's just like, she's I'm cold. Like stuck she's, up yeah. and oh, she got a bad business deal yeah. or something yeah. like that. I was like, I don't. And then you learn everything. All the context. And you're like, man. She's, uh, God, she is so wonderful as she is Helen. Really. And, as, and Andy. Like she fits yeah. the both. And, and, and yep. it's on the second watches. She a plays couple, the rich bitch. The rich bitch, man. It's like a, it's like the dog ate the caviar. That's a nice. <laughs> I really yeah. like that line every time they say oh, it. Oh heavens, the dog ate the caviar. <laughs> Just really fitting into that mold's nice. Uh, I mean, and and the the way she drops the accent, like mm -hmm. going into it, I was like, man, that's good. Like I really like, and it and is really pops in, really believable. Uh, uh, you familiar with Monet generally outside of this movie? Um, no, I thought she was a, isn't uh, she a singer? Yes. She's a very talented musician from what I understand. Yeah. I don't really I, follow, I, think that's all, I don't really yeah, follow all. her music. Um, she, uh, she doesn't act a lot when she does. She's really good though. Like she was in, uh, she was in gorgeous too. Gorgeous. By the way, Ooh. a tiny, tiny human being. She's five foot tall. Um, <laughs> yeah um uh, she was in moonlight uh she a great role in that one uh her most famous role outside of this was probably hidden figures um the uh, the uh three uh african-american women who were engineers at nasa oh okay yeah yeah uh, cute, i haven't cute. seen it though it's a cute movie it's it's harmless um it's it's like you know, some of those, some of those can be kind of like overly heavy handed. It's pretty nice. Or, yeah, no, yeah, this, yeah. this one's more, it's, it's kind of Disney-fied. It's, it hits some good notes, uh, but she's really good in it. She's really enjoyable. Um, she was, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of think to myself, it's like, I just don't follow her. I know she has a lot of music. I just don't really follow it all that much. Um, mm -hmm. she does, she's done a little bit of TV, but man, she, this is, she is so dynamic in this movie. I made the argument on Twitter that no human in the, on the planet could pull off the haircut she's pulling off in this movie. The, the, like, like short, the, the short the blonde. Bob blonde with the, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it looks great on her and any other mm -hmm. person looks terrible in that thing. She's got style. She's got this, this, you know, it's like tenacity, everything about it works for me in this movie. Yeah. And the interesting thing about that character is she is acting within acting. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. She's um, like, oh, I have to, I have to act like I'm Andy, but at the same time, I have to investigate. And and over and over again, Benoit goes like, man, you're really good at this. Like, <laughs> you're really good at this. You should drink more. Like, <laughs> yeah, he keeps giving her drinks. He's like, you're better that way. You listen up and figure it out. This is hard um, kombucha, Jared Leto's hard kombucha. <laughs> yeah. Um. And. Hey, do me a favor. Look this up real quick. Okay. Where is she from? Uh, she is from. Oh, let's see here. Uh, Kansas City, Kansas. Okay. So, so that makes her. a little more sense on her. Uh, because my point on that is her accent as Helen from a girl from the South. 
just seems so natural. Yes, it, it's, it, it, not, it's, it's not put on. Like, like yeah, even, even, Cra- I mean, even Craig's is kind of like, oh, obviously it's exaggerated. Yeah. But hers is so lived in. Yes. Yeah, I was absolutely about to say the same thing. Like, <clears throat> uh, Blanc's character, obviously it's exaggerated and it works. It's good, mm-hmm. but it's very uh, like Kentucky Fried Theatrical, chicken. yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas hers is, I'm, I'm, you know, a common lady down yep. here trying to figure out. I'm a school teacher. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, school, third grade school teacher. Yeah. So. She, and she, and, and she didn't live anywhere else. So, so Kansas city and moved to New York. So, I mean, that's like it, it, being that, I guess being around, especially Missouri, you would have more of that Southern, like it's a very specific accent that I don't know. She, uh, she where's she from in the movie, Alabama. I think um, she said Alabama or Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but still, like it's it's yeah. I, I agree that the the dropping the accent, the picking the accent up, the rich bitch side of it, the it it all works. And it much like much like Ana de Armas and Daniel Craig in the first movie, their relationship really drives the narrative. Like they're like the uh, she. Mm-hmm. she it's it's very much a okay. I'm. It's kind of a, it, it's kind of like. A dynamic of like okay i'm being an amateur at this but you're the pro so help me out with this and he's like you're way better than you think you are and that kind yeah. of the, the mutual respect of it all yeah i think i think it was almost um almost paternalistic without yes. being patronistic or condescending That's a great way to put it great way to put it like it's like i i i i care about you and i want you to be okay but i'm not going to coddle you Yes, that exactly. is a, a great. Yeah, a great a great quote I I like is um, is prepare your children for the road. Don't prepare the road for your children. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Like don't 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 and don't uh, and don't overly do things. Just give yeah. them realistic expectations. That's a great way he to kinda, put it. He kind of winds her up, gives her the information she needs, Sends and has away. the confidence to let her go. Absolutely. Um, so this, so more than anything in this movie, this feels like Ryan, uh, Ryan Johnson, just doing everything he wants to do in his way. And it just works so perfectly in every single aspect. I mean, the, the Island itself, the stupid glass onion, the design of the rooms, mm-hmm. um, all that kind of tackiness, uh, you know, the, um, cameos, but not cameos by Jared Leto and, and, uh, Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner's hot sauce. Oh, his um, hot sauce. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, just the, and, and, you know, almost the, uh, playfulness of, or not, 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 the word is probably like the gentleness of how everybody kind of talks. Like even whenever Blanc is kind of rolling everything through and he realizes he turned the lights off because of what he said. And he's like, you jackass. Like it's, it's almost, it's like very PG rated cursing. Like, yeah, he <laughs> usually he's like, well, heck, or something Fiddle, like fiddlesticks that. Like, is what he said at one point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he only cusses like two or three times, but when yeah. he does like, <laughs> you know, you pompous but, jackass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's kind of when you know, like, okay, he's serious. <laughs> he's yeah, it's and, and the entire thing that the entire thing that makes him upset is not necessarily the fact that it's is like this is beyond 
He's like, I'm a world-class detective and I have to do this. This is insulting my intelligence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. He's like, uh, you know, obviously it's going to be uh, compared to the a game of Clue. Sure, like, sure. That's dumb. That's below me. That's a game. Yeah. I deal with I, real I actually crap. deal with real things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he doesn't he doesn't want to play a game. And <laughs> you know, when he's like in his uh I kind of I guess his dark period yes. when he's in the bath, yeah, just and he directly says it. He says, I need another great case. Something, yes. And figuring out mysteries, being a detective is his raison d'etre yes yes his reason for being yep. and yep. um i mean i've experienced i've seen veterans go through it uh former law enforcement for former first responders you lose that sense of purpose mm -hmm. you lose your sense of identity and it's like what am i going to do now and yeah. it's you have to find a new case. Yes. And it's, it's, it's the thing that propels him. And, and you know, even in mm -hmm. the middle of the case, he is by no means suffering fools. Like at one time, Bertie Jays is like, Oh, I just say what on my mind. It's like, it's like, and then he has a really cutting line, really great line, essentially cutting oh. her, cutting her at the, it's dangerous. I, it's dangerous to just say what's on your mind. And actually uh, it's a, it's an exceptional line that I'm disappointed. I can't remember right I this know. very second. Me too. Because um, I really, but, I, but and and I mean it's it's funny because he kind of sees Bertie's uh relative it's like and, and by the way the entire sweatshop thing is was was a real payoff like please tell mm -hmm. me the sweatshop was not because that's where he thought sweatpants yeah <laughs> <It's>, and she's <laughs> like well I mean that's uh, like you telling me Appaloosa and Hidalgo is not the same <laughs> Uh, okay, so um, like Miles said, I'm a truth teller. Some people can't handle it. It's dangerous. It's a dangerous thing to mistake speaking without thought for speaking the truth. Don't you think? It's like, whoa, that's a good one. And and, and I was and I was thinking, it was like, oh, she's gonna be like really insulted by this. It's like, nope, she heard the one thing she heard. Oh, you think calling me dangerous? It's like it's just an opportunity to flirt. I'm like, oh, you're so dumb. It's <laughs> it's yeah. It's really yeah. All that's really great. Um. Yeah, I mean the design of it. Everybody's dress the way people are dressed. Mm -hmm. Miles is dressed like a like a jackass the whole time. Oh yeah. Um, I yeah. something I really enjoy about this movie is I think it's celebrities um, who are able to make fun of celebrityhood. Yes, yes. They yes. can almost recognize like I know we live ridiculous lives. Yes, like yes. they're recognizing it. Yes, like. And so, um, you know, not that they're bad people or anything in real life, but, um, and I mean, they're, they're kind of playing. It's nice to see them not take themselves too seriously and go, we realize we live lives of luxury that yes are really absurd a lot. Yes. Of time. And I mean, there's some, and there's some really interesting little nods. If you look at it, like, um, we, we haven't talked much about Catherine Hahn. She's always, she, she, this is one of her more serious roles, what she usually plays um, in this one. Like, you know, she's, she's kind of a reserved like politician 
doesn't really pay much of attention to her kind of a slacker looking husband. And then like whenever, whenever uh, Helen's searching through her, ro- uh, her room, there's a, there's a vibrator, like stuff like, like there's things like that, like little, like, Oh, okay. She's probably sexually frustrated. And mm-hmm. the, the, the fun thing to notice is whenever Ethan Hawke is spraying everybody's mouth, mm-hmm. the people who gag and the people who don't. Yeah. Yeah. You can <laughs> tell like, yeah. the ones And, the, and, and yeah. it's like, okay, well that's on purpose. Telling more about telling more about who, you know, kind of what does what. And like, uh, um, for some reason, like, Lionel and Lionel and Claire are kind of like, okay, we're the actual smart ones. We're the actual intelligent ones. And Mm -hmm. we're not going to be like, we're trying to, this is a bad thing. And we're trying to play everything out and everybody else is just stupid because they're stupid. Right. It's a really interesting dynamic all across the board. Yeah. 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 Most, most people are just dumb investors. Yes. Yeah. 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 There's only a couple of them that actually know. That, actually things, you know. yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be back. All right, we are back. It is time for my favorite segment of the week. It's Pull for a Dumbass. Every week I go through the filmmaker filmography of a filmmaker, put Jake Cinemac knowledge to the test. Today, we are uh, discussing the uh, fruitful career of the man himself, Edward Norton. Um, yeah. a, uh, essentially a, a very interesting guy, as far as like, whenever he showed up, everybody's like, man, this guy's gonna be the new Brando. And it's like, he's one of the more talented actors, um, mm-hmm. kind of prickly demeanor from what I understand, but there's also been some kind of conspiracy theories about like his relationship with Weinstein. And I'll get into that a little bit later. No, no, in a good way, in a good way, actually. Um, so, uh, all right. So he shot out like a cannon. Um, the first movie he ever made, uh, he made three in 1996, his first movie as the dual role of Aaron and Roy in primal fear. Yep. That's a great one. Uh, got it, it, got an Oscar nomination for it. Uh, great, great performance, great role. Um, not surprised. Um, now the same year he was in uh, a Woody Allen musical. I'm not going to, uh, it's called everything. Everyone says, I love you. Not very good. Um, now on the flip side of that playing opposite Woody Harrelson, but playing a very straight laced lawyer, um, in the people versus Larry Flint. Uh, I've heard of it. It's, it's good. It's, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's kind of an interesting view of a kind of a like, okay, well, even turds have rights like, and, and Larry Flint being a perfect example of that, like, um, and uh, Woody Harrelson does a really good job. Okay, so 1998, like, okay, everybody's kind of on board with what Edward Norton is doing. The next, the next couple movies, you're like, okay, this is this is a different type of guy. How about um, the kind of knockoff of uh, what if Goodwill Hunting had poker uh, rounders? Oh, is this where they're count, uh, card counters? No, they're actually just poker oh, players. Yeah. They're just poker players. Uh, it's uh, Matt Damon and uh, Edward Norton, and they're kind of underground poker players around New York. Um, John Malkovich is there with a terrible Russian accent. Um, it's not. It's it's not bad. There's some good parts to it. Um, he's really good. I don't it. know. No, but Rounders nineteen. Rounders was ninety eight. The other one, the much more lasting one, 
Um, as Derek, the the reformed, but still has a giant swastika on his chest, uh, American History X. Yes. Um, yeah. A, a wildly unpleasant movie to watch. It It is extremely dark and you it's it's a kind of movie i mean you need to buckle up for yep and you got to know what's going and you just the, the I, just the idea of teeth on a uh just it's 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 such that is it the most visceral stuff. part of it just hurts um school shooting stuff obviously neo-nazis yeah. um lots of lots of stuff going into that movie uh, by the way he is jacked in that movie he, he is. is ripped um so it's funny because he's so jacked in that movie. He's much more skinny in the next movie, 1999's Fight Club. Yes. Love, love that Fight, movie. Love Fight Club 2, a very misunderstood movie by the people who shouldn't be misunderstanding it. Like, a lot of people yeah. are like, oh, yeah, Fight Club, like, Fight the Power and Project Mayhem. It's like, yeah, that's not really what the movie's about. But... <laughs> yeah. No. But, uh, yeah. It is a it is a very complex movie, and I think it's very misunderstood. Very much. I love it. I do too. Yeah. Yep. It's great. We're guys of that age. Of course, we love Fight Club. Um, yep. Now, the his don't first, talk about it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay, so the, the first rule. <laughs> so I'd heard I'd heard uh, they were talking to uh, one of the guys from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Whenever he was getting in good shape, they said. He's like, well, it's like, uh, I kind of want to look like it. And then his trainer goes, stop. Everybody has the same thing. It's like, what do you mean? Everybody has the same thing. It's like, whenever I get people in shape, doesn't matter who they are. They all say the same thing. It's like, well, what do they say? It's like, I want to look like Brad Pitt in Fight Club. It's like, that's the, yeah. that's the goal. It's like, well, yeah, it's like, well, that's unrealistic. <laughs> it's like uh, Jennifer Aniston's haircut in the yes. 90s. It's like, you can try, you can get it close, but it's not, you, you're never going to reach you're that. You're not going to look like her. Exactly. Yes. Um, his first movie directed in 2000, um, a movie that I really enjoy. Um, it's a romantic comedy with Ben Stiller and Jenna Elfman, Keeping the Faith. He's a, oh, is he a priest? He's a priest. And uh, yes. Ben Stiller okay, is yes. a rabbi. It's a cute movie. I like that movie. Yep. Like, it's, I've seen it. Yeah, it's I fun. like it. It's fun. Um, this is a, the next one in 2001. Um, I'm not skipping anything, by the way. This is every movie he's done. So, I mean, just, just banger after banger. Um, 2001, a very much a grandparent movie um, with Marlon Brando and Robert De Niro. The score. Remind me. Uh, Robert De Niro is a bank robber safecracker. Um, and... Uh, I believe Edward Norton is a uh, also a con artist safe cracker. Um, it's fine. I I don't think I have that. You might have seen it. You might have seen it, and it might have just been that. I might have. It's just not memorable. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So, two thousand two. I want to talk about this year really interestingly. So, in two thousand two, he was in this movie called Death to Smoochie. It was a very very poorly received dark comedy. Um, then he was in uh, the sequel to uh, the sequel to Hannibal uh, to uh, Sons of the Lambs, or the prequel actually, Red Dragon. Um, so uh, um, yeah. uh, uh, elsewhere, he was also in this movie called Frida. He plays Nelson Rockefeller. He's in it very smallly. The reason he's in it very small is because at the time he was dating Selma Hayek, and Selma Hayek is plays Frida Kahlo in this movie. Uh -huh. So apparently, Harvey Weinstein was producing this movie. And he was pushing Selma Hayek to do not 
things you would expect Harvey Weinstein to do. Edward Norton, having no, that's a little- exactly what you would expect Harvey Weinstein exactly, to do. Exactly, yes. So Edward Norton being her boyfriend and having a little bit of power at the time really pushed back on it, rewrote the script to like take out like sex scenes and stuff like that. And because of that, Weinstein kind of torpedoed the stuff he would do in the future. Hmm. It's, it's really interesting. interesting. It's really interesting um, doing that in 2002 because you're like, man, he's king of the world. He could do all whatever he wants. And he, does, he kind of really falls off at that point. It's Weinstein undercut him. That being said, he has a great movie in 2002. Um, a Spike Lee movie, but very not a Spike Lee movie. Um, 25th Hour, you ever seen it or heard of it? 25th Hour. He is a, he's a former drug dealer who is going to prison. And it's his last day before his sentence begins. Um, I don't, and so he's about to go to prison and him and his friends are all getting together and just kind of tying up loose ends. It's an excellent movie. He's really good in it. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman and Barry Pepper are uh, the sniper from from uh, Saint Pride Ryan are his friends. Yep. Rosario Dawson is his um, is his girlfriend. Really ex excellent work, excellent movie. Twenty um, fifth hour. Twenty fifth hour. I highly suggest you uh, seek that one out. That sounds good. Okay, so the next year, um, Norton, you know, obviously very committed to a lot of these roles. The exception being in two thousand three whenever he slept walk through the Italian job. I mean, <laughs> a, so supposedly very much did not want to be in that movie. Um, and it sure seems like he doesn't want to be in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, Charlie's their own looks good in it. Looks good. Um, Mark Wahlberg, not there being so annoying. I mean, there's, Good car scenes. Yeah, good car scene. Jason Statham being not Jason yeah. Statham. It's like, yeah, but it's it's fine. Yeah, yeah I enjoy it. Um, All right. So uh kind of kind of bounces around, as I said, not really doing a whole lot of like mainstream stuff. But um after the Italian job, have you seen the movie Kingdom of Heaven? It is a Crusades movie with Orlando Bloom. Um, very swords and sandals epic, but obviously knights and crusades. I really love it. Um, it Orlando Bloom plays Balian, the uh, protector of Jerusalem in the crusades. I think the first crusade. Um, Edward Norton plays the king who was a leper, but he's behind this. He's oh. behind a metal. Uh, he's behind a metal mask the whole time. Okay. Yep. You have seen it. Yep. Okay. Yes. Okay. I love. I knew it was right there, but I, I couldn't. Yeah, I just couldn't it, put. It's been a long time. It's been I a long time. I, I watch it a lot because I think it's exceptional. Um, just because there's a lot of different stuff involved in it. Um, it's 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 a very uh, if if you have a chance to go seek it out again, it's interesting because it's it's a very like equal sides view of the Crusades. Yes. Like like yeah. it's it's like oh Christians they're they're promoting Christianity but they kind of suck and. The Muslims are over there. They want to promote, obviously, Islam, but they kind of suck. But there's also good people. Like it's 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 very it's it's everyone kind of sucks. Everybody kind of sucks, and the Crusades suck. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it wasn't nice. It wasn't nice. Um, the next year, um, the next year in 2006, uh, the famous. You know, a lot of those times movies come out. And there's two of the same kind of movie, The Volcano Dante's Peak. Yep. In 2006, there was The Prestige. The Magician's mm -hmm. movie. There's also mm -hmm. The Illusionist. Yep. 
I like the illusionist. Yeah. I saw and, that with our grandparents. Yeah. That's, it's another very grandparenty movie. Um, I really enjoy it. I think he does a, a couple good job. of times. Yeah. 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 And there's some interesting historical stuff to go along with it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Um, okay. So from this point, it's like, okay, everybody knows who Edward Norton is. He kind of is going around and it's like, he's not really a box office draw. They tried. And he was the original Incredible Hulk in 2008. You, you nope. never, I know, I know you're not a franchise guy. Um, yeah, I'm just not a big comic. Comic book guy. And yeah. It's, it's, it's a hero line. I mean, there's not, there aren't good ones out there that yeah. I really enjoy, but for the most part, you know, if it's I know DC what you mean. or Marvel, I'm kind of like, meh. And, and this was a, and, and it's, it's probably one of the more meh of the Marvel movies. I mean, he, he only lasted the one movie. He supposedly rewrote them, rewrote it, pissed off the, pissed off the, uh, the director and the writer. And then they went on with Mark Ruffalo and it probably worked. It probably worked out best for everybody else, mm-hmm. uh, everybody, but regardless. So, okay. So this is a movie I haven't seen from 2008 i don't know if you have seen it it's one of those um family of cops movies pride and glory yes you have I seen have. pride and glory tough watch tough watch okay uh i i've heard some mixed things on it. i've heard it's pretty rough mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's uh it's him and colin farrell john boyd's in there um yeah, I've, I've heard some i've heard some good things so uh i might have to go try to it's- seek that one out yeah, you you definitely need to watch it. Um, but it's one of those like, okay, I'm this, not going to be laughing much. You're not like, going to be happy with the end of the movie. Okay, okay, that makes sense. But it's it it's really really good, but it okay. it is rough. So so the after essentially for a while he's like okay I'm going to start like he's trying to direct a movie for a long, long time. And he, that's kind of most his focus. So he doesn't really pop up in much, but when he does pop up, he's kind of in different things than you expect. Um, are you, you seen all the Bourne movies, the Bourne, Jason Bourne movies? Yeah. How about the Bourne legacy? The one with Jeremy Renner actually? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think he's really, really good in that movie uh, as Edward Norton's the guy in the office. Yes. And I think yeah. he's, yeah. It's, it, and there's a, there's like a good, like, I don't love the whole movie, but there's like a good hour stretch in that movie. That's like really good. Like right in the middle. I mean, there's a dude does a lot of cool stuff with the action. Edward Norton's doing great things. Yeah. A lot of times, um, (laughs) you know, franchise and sequels and stuff like that. Like I just start losing interest, but that's one thing is the Bourne series. Though I didn't love the last one. The one with the, the last one with Matt Damon where that was, that was probably the worst yeah but i mean it was still it's still watchable yeah um yeah okay so his uh he's received three oscar nominations in his career uh primal fear american history x and most recently in the best picture winner 2014's birdman which mm. i cannot imagine you have seen Bur- the, the full name is birdman is from alcatraz no. <laughs> oh, okay. The Birdman um, about <laughs> No, this is this is starring Michael Keaton as a, a very meta. Michael Keaton is a actor who is trying to escape the superhero persona that he has cultivated after all these years and trying to be taken more seriously. Um, hmm. And uh, and Edward Norton again plays like a version of himself, like a prickly like act, method actor who nobody really likes, and he's really good in it. Emma Stone's in it. It's a 
um, that's that's one of the first ones where I'm like, oh, I really like this movie, and my in-laws watched it and hated it. So, mm-hmm. um, I, if I really wanted to torture you for an episode, I might make you watch Birdman. But uh, right. that was in 2014. Okay, and then the last one I have on here um, is the movie he was trying to direct. We've talked about it in previous podcasts. I think it's a movie you would like. He plays a man with Tourette's who is trying to solve the murder of his uh, of his friend in a movie called Motherless Brooklyn. No, I remember you telling me about that. I, I, I've it, never seen it. I really enjoy it. Um, I, it's it. it's um, some people kind of took it a little too seriously. Like it's like no, 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 it's a little disposable, but it's like just kind of lower expectations. It's good. Alec Baldwin has a good performance in it. Um, I didn't want to include these, but he's been in, he also got on board with Wes Anderson in the Wes Anderson films. I figured you haven't seen Wes Anderson movies. Um, Moonrise Kingdom, Grand Budapest Hotel, French Dispatcher, Isle of Dogs. I didn't think so. So no, 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 no. <laughs> it's, just, it's not your, really your style. Um, okay. So yeah. So uh, I wasn't going to include all those. So motherless Brooklyn, he just did in, uh, in 2019 and then glass onion. He's going to be in another uh, Wes Anderson movie coming up, still trying to do more directing. Apparently he said he has, uh, he called in every single favor he could to get motherless Brooklyn done. So because of that, he's going to have to repay those favors and be in movies. But if it makes him in glass onion, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, so um, little, and that's about on par with what I expect. So, uh, Primal Fear, American History X, Fight Club, uh, 25th Hour, Keeping the Faith. Oh, excuse me, not 25th Hour. Sorry, uh, I'm, I'm all over the place here. Um, so, Primal Fear, American History X, Fight Club, Keeping the Faith, uh, Italian Job, Kingdom of Heaven, The Illusionist, Pride and Glory, Born Legacy. So, you got nine out of 16. Not bad. Um, I, he, it doesn't, he doesn't not work. Not my best. He's not well. I mean, he's not that mainstream. You've seen a lot, considering how much he does or does not do. So, uh, nine out of sixteen for Edward Norton. Very well done. Yeah, better than fifty percent. Moving on, each episode instead of me steering the conversation, Jake peppers me with a series of questions that I must answer truthfully. Sometimes it's just trivia. Sometimes it's not. Jake, it is that time. Yeah, you're in the hot box. I am man. in the hot box. It is a shape of a glass onion with a uh, perpetual. That, that little thing in the middle of that was pretty cool. Like, I, I, I know it has a name. The little... The, 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 the box you look in, and it's in Infinity Box or whatever. In the, oh. In, in, it has a really oh. cool name of it. Are you saying the, like, image where you have to, like... Well, no, the... Uh, so, in, in Edward Norton's... Mm. In the actual glass onion in his office, mm-hmm. he's got that, like like try like that uh trapezoid cube or the uh that uh there there's like a thing in the middle and if you look in it reflects everything and it looks oh, like okay okay it's yeah. a cool little thing i imagine i imagine you have one of those in your office but no the, the the uh the stereogram oh, the one uh the magic picture yes that, that was you were talking about. okay yeah, yeah yeah that's what i was talking about yeah so i'm stuck there um, now buddy what you got for me all right well so in this movie I think a really, uh, really great scene is whenever you start, the plot starts unraveling, mm-hmm. like you start figuring out the mystery. Yeah. And they see uh, Blanc uses hot sauce. Yes. Yes. To fake <laughs> uh helen's helen's death yes yes being shot Mm -hmm. and he needs to act 
like he's crying. <laughs> and so he put some hot sauce in his eyes. Yes. And then later on. She, she gets it in her nose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Yeah, that was it. And it dripped. <clears throat> yes. Me. Drips into her nose. So tell me about like the worst experience you've had with either hot sauce or uh, hot sauce in your eyes or up your nose. So I, 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 uh, pepper sprayed, anything like that. I'm a big, I've never been pepper sprayed. Um, thank goodness. Um, but I have, uh, I'm a big fan of hot food and hot sauces in general. So I like to mm -hmm. take tries, take chances. Um, there, you know, uh, I like the idea of hot ones. I, if I were ever famous enough, I would happily go on there. Um, yeah. the, the, there's a stuff called Dave's insanity sauce. And mm -hmm. you can put a little bit on your finger and tap it to your tongue and your tongue will be on fire for the next couple of days. But I mean, yeah, I've had those types of experiences. Never one accidentally. Like I've never been like dosed with too much hot sauce. I do remember mm -hmm. a time from our childhood when our dad decided to get really hot peppers and decided to grill uh, to, uh, uh, I think saute them on the, uh, on the yeah. stovetop and it, it yeah. smoked our house up and our entire, we had to leave the house because we couldn't you breathe. We gassed out our house. <laughs> yes. Um, but I mean, um, yeah, a SWAT I, I, team couldn't have done it better. <laughs> and I mean, I've had, uh, I, 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 I was at work once and somebody brought ghost pepper hot ch uh, chocolate. And some guy takes it and he goes and throws up like he is, he's dying. I had like three pieces. I thought it was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah. you, had, you have actually been pepper sprayed. I have. Yeah. And not, not like by a lady at the it mall. It was controlled. Right? Controlled. Yeah. No. As as part of our training, yeah. uh, getting certified on um, using OC spray and everything, we we had to take a hit. And and it was, and, and from what I, you from what you describe it, if somebody's coming out with pepper spray, I might need to kill them. Yeah. <laughs> it. I mean, it was abject misery, and I kind of have lighter colored eyes yeah and my eyes are kind of sensitive and yeah. oh man it, <laughs> I mean, it put me down and out for, yeah i mean it was the rest of the week before i felt normal it it was bad and, and, I, 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 and never, I never carried that shit because i knew <laughs> it was so bad i was like if i try spraying someone else with it, get, get yourself well i mean and then i think myself up worse i i i believe you told me i said you also in part of that you also had to get tear gassed and tasered and you said i'll mm -hmm. get tear gassed a thousand times before i get pepper sprayed again <laughs> yeah tear gassed you get some fresh air You'll be okay. You'll be taser, right. taser hurts for a little bit, but you're like five well, second <laughs> ride. All right. <laughs> Not pepper spray. But, it lasts for days. Oh no. It'd be two days later and you're taking a shower <laughs> and some of that oil. Oh no. So it's oil based. Yeah. It's oil out of the peppers Ugh. and it'll just remain and then it'll drain down. And so all of a sudden it's like three days later, you're like, I'm fine. Just taking a shower. Oh God. <laughs> it's like, you just got hit ah! again. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. horrible. It I was so horrible. I don't remember any experience of ever actually having anything in my eyes, but I mean, I have, of course, just like, Oh, I, I was messing with something. And then I went, it's like, Oh no. Ah, ah. Like it's nothing, oh, nothing, yeah. nothing notable. All right. Um, so, uh, we talked about, uh, Dave Bautista earlier. Yes. Uh, he's taken down by pineapple juice. Yes. All right. 
So what are your thoughts on pineapple? You know, it's, it's one of those kind of take it or leave it type things. Um, it's if somebody, you know, if somebody's like, Hey, I'm going to put it on pizza. Cool. I don't want that pizza. Um, it's, it, you know, it can clash with certain things. I always was kind of like, I don't really care about pineapple. I remember when I was a kid, we had shop class and somebody brought a pineapple. It was like Hawaiian day or something. And we cut it with a bandsaw and had slices of pineapple and fresh pineapple. I'm like, that was pretty tasty. It was pretty good stuff. Like I, I don't want to necessarily seek it out. Um, pineapple juice. I don't, it's fine. Like I, it's, is, uh, is it, was that a fishing staple or was that grapefruit juice in cans? Um, there are little red cans that I no, believe it's orange juice. it was orange juice. Okay. So I, yeah. I, I yeah. So that like, was when you still had to have, had like, to rip them off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, pineapple juice is fine. It's just one of those, like, I never seek it out and it's never like, Oh, here's all your plate of fruit. Here are your options. And it's like, I'm never going to go for the pineapple. Yeah. But I'm fine with it. Yeah. You're, you're not, pineapple. you don't like it at all. No. You're, you're a big allergy guy, or is it something that messes with you uh, allergic-wise, no, are you not, good? No, it's not an allergy deal. You just don't I, like the taste? I, I just don't like – I don't like the texture or the taste. I got you. But um, – and if you put that with Canadian bacon, you're the <laughs> devil. What are you doing? I've had it before, but, I mean, I don't want it. Like, it's – the consistency of Canadian bacon, pizza, and pineapple together just doesn't mix – it's a texture yeah. thing for me. Like even the flavors and like, pineapple's a big texture. Big problem. texture food. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh one time I was at our grandmother's house and she made a pineapple upside down cake. Yes. Yes. And I felt real bad, but I was like, <laughs> No, I'm not gonna touch it. Now that I think my exact words were uh I'm not feeling pineapple today. <laughs> now now that being said. <laughs> One of my favorite desserts is made by our aunt, who's a pastry chef. She makes pineapple pie, and it's delicious. But I mean, it's 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 more I'll of the have to give that a shot. It's more of the taste than it is like the texture. So the yeah. taste, it's not like it's not like mushed up pineapples in there. It's like it's really, it's really part of it. So yeah, I have to hit her up about that. Maybe. I get it. Okay, so uh, Edward Norton's character uh, Miles is um, confronted by uh blanc about how he's basically a dumbass and doesn't know how to pronounce words correctly and yeah obviously yeah. isn't as smart as everyone thinks he is sure are there any words that you have that you just you can't pronounce correctly you're a well-educated man <laughs> as 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 we went over last week yeah yeah we um, did <laughs> yeah your um, grammar is good um there there are there's some words that just there are a lot of words that i um that i misspell a lot like i cannot i can never remember like oh it was the i before the a like villain i don't think i've spelled villain once in the first try correct uh -huh. uh, like it's like no it's the wrong way it's like, damn it i was right and so um but there's not uh I was, I was trying to think about it um i mean there's a lot of more lingo that i use than i use that like I, i'd rather use the words of like the the our, our regional you know dialects of kind of words as opposed to the yeah, bigger words sure. like it's like fixing to all that kind of stuff like as opposed to that like there are some critics critics specifically 
who like I swear they sit there with a thesaurus and write a write a movie review. Oh, I try yeah. not I try not to do that. Um, I every once in a while I'll put a word in. And I'm like, why did I do that? That's a weird word to put in. Um, yeah, I hate that. It's uh, just disingenuous. Now, yeah, it, disingenuous. That's a great. It, what a wonderful word to throw in. <laughs> did I use it correctly? See, that's great because you just and that's uh you uh you let it really flow. And I I I bet you there is something I say on a pretty regular basis that I say very incorrectly. Um, but I just don't know it because I'm dumb. Like, like I knew like like uh, <laughs> yeah. or people who say like in like Flynn. Mm-hmm. like instead of in like flint or something like that it's probably one of those things but yeah i'll figure it out one of these somebody just if if anybody has if anybody's watching these just send me some messages it's like hey you said this wrong you stupid hey i want to uh yeah i'll put out a psa <laughs> make sure, correct ben's grammar <laughs> no not not on okay, you okay 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 specifically but just in general this is one of my pet peeves the word is supposedly supposedly not supposedly supposedly or supposedly supposedly supposed supposed it's supposedly supposedly yes yes can everyone that that's your that's 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 your big one yeah now i have problems i can't say here we go (laughs) you said french earlier in this episode so i'm excited for this Rural, rural. Okay, rural. so you have probably <laughs> rural. <laughs> can't say it, and that's where I live. But I'm like, I'm out in the country. I'm outside. Of okay. Rural. Okay, I got you. That's it. <laughs> I can't say it. I'm not. I'm not exaggerating. I can't. <laughs> I keep, I keep expecting he's like, no, you're gonna get it this time. Nope. <laughs> my mouth just won't make it. Oh, that's great. That's fantastic. Um <laughs> my only other one, too. I was trying to explain something the other day. Um, and I said, no, he had <sighs> shoulder surgery. Shoulder surgery. Yes. <laughs> okay, so you have to really shoulders. Th- surgery you have to think and slow it down to get it get it out right. yeah if like, i'm just casually talking her, i'm like oh that guy yeah he had shoulder surgery <laughs> this part they had to cut him oh. <laughs> but yeah i mean it's <laughs> my that's my phonetic kryptonite i'm surprised your dog doesn't start showing up when every time you said say rural it sounds <laughs> that's fantastic rural man that's great <laughs> i gotta figure out what All mine right. is i know i have one i just can't think of it sure um okay um this one or the original knives out which one is better man ah man they're they're I, the great thing about them is they can stand on their own and they can stand together as a, like, as a, the coherence between the two. I've, you know, I'm, I might be leaning more towards this one. I don't know really? why. I don't know. Just the, just the, it's, it's funner. 
it does seem fun. And, you know, watching it the second time was a lot more fun to watch because okay. you're like the first time, like Edward Norton handing the drink to Dave Bautista, you see that in real time. You see his phone in his pocket. Okay. Like yeah. all that kind of stuff, like all those little things. And whenever he trips up, whenever he says the stupid words, you're like, oh, that was mm -hmm. one. And oh, yep, yeah, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so um, this is, I, I really like, I, as we talked about, I love the first one too. So, mm -hmm. but it's like one A, one B. It's not like, oh, this is definitely number one. This is definitely number two, but I probably lean more towards this one. All right. So <clears throat> I definitely don't want to get uh, anywhere political or anything yes. like that. Yes. But in this movie, they directly address uh, the COVID pan pandemic. Yes. Um, initially, everyone's masked up. They have to take some, I guess, vaccination <laughs> Whatever, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, I get it because it's obviously accurate for our time period. But I kind of feel war weary about it if that makes sense is yes. just kind of like okay we're coming out of this and like yeah you know uh the mass seeing the masks again and stuff it's, it's, it's like, it, it, ah, almost, almost ptsd-ish yeah 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 and it's kind of like oh don't remind me yes yes but i also think about movies like uh the grapes of wrath or About it's a the depression or yeah yeah exactly so i bet probably a depression movie right after the depression probably wasn't uh that great yeah. you know yeah it makes sense but the historicity of it yes like our grandkids if they watch this movie is like What's why with the mask? Why? 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 Like, why oh, yeah. let me tell you about all this crap. <laughs> like, let me tell you about these two years of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Why, yeah why'd they bump elbows. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's all right. And it's a long story, but we lived through it. Yeah, and it, that's a good point. Like, I never like. It's funny because it's such a small aspect of the beginning of this movie that I forgot as it yeah. went along. It go. Like, it's kind of like. I guess it's, I guess it's the main thing it's done is to show like, okay, Blanc has to be depressed for a reason. Like it, yeah. it, it, I guess that's the good reason good point. he, good he point. needs, he can't just be depressed because he's depressed. Like, like in this case, there's actually circumstances to, and, and there was a lot of people, people got depressed because they can do the things they normally do. Yeah. Um, that maybe they didn't like the people they're with, you know, all those kind of things. So, yeah. and, and like you said, well, that's, there's a drive to it. So, yeah, that's a very good point is maybe everyone is just like so wanting to go back to like, oh, okay, party with my billionaire friend and mm -hmm. all that. Yeah. 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 yeah maybe it's, that's the whole thing that brings them all together. It's the, really. Yeah. It's just like, I got to get out. This, this is crazy. I got to get out of it type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, that wasn't really a question. No, no, but that's a good point, though. Like, it's it's something I forget about. Like, by the end of the movie, you forget that, that was how it started. Yeah, by the yeah. end. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Ben, I think that's all the questions I have for you. You're you're free to go. You're free to go. Sounds good to me, buddy. Um, before we go, what is your film rating of Glass Onion? 
really, really, really like it. Did you um, did you have low expectations going in? Were you like optimistic? Kind of. Usually, sequels usually I go in low expectations. Yeah, because yeah. I've I've just seen so many sequels that they're bad. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, overall I really I really love it. Did you feel uh, the, like like an hour in? Did you feel the rug pull? Like where you're like, okay, this is interesting. Like. Or were you just kind of like, man, this is. Yeah, it's kind of, uh, it's it's kind of a slow burn. Yes, initially it takes a while, but once it hits the fuse, boy, yeah, it goes and starts clicking. And yep, absolutely, yep, yeah, I agree. I have it four point five out of five. It's, um, I think right now I have it as my number ten movie from this year. I really like a lot of the movies from this year, so it's way up there already. Um, mm. So I mean. I was like, oh, I was going to initially be like, it's going to be four. And then I was like, initially the, the original Knives Out was 4.5. I'm like, no, 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 that's just as good as this one. Like, and yeah. a lot of times, especially when I write a review, I'm like, okay, I have an overarching theme. Like, okay, the performances are good. The script's bad. Or, and that's kind of the thing of the review. This was just like, well, that was delightful. It was just a delight from beginning to end. It was wonderful. And, yeah. and, they're, and they're planning on making another one sometime so i can't well i'll be ready to watch that one yeah as soon as that we'll comes see. out yep yeah the best review i can make of it is i would recommend it to a friend absolutely say yeah Heck yeah, yeah that's go watch it watch. go watch, watch it. yep yep and you can have your kids in the room it's 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 yeah. not like it's like a little cursing nothing bad yep uh, I think that just about does it for this episode of the Film Credit the Common Man. Thank you so very much for joining us. You can follow me on Twitter at NebbasBen and Letterboxd at 10 on Instagram at Ben Miller Movies. Check out my website, Ice Cream for Freaks. You can follow my other writing on the film experience and Cinema Scholars. Uh, it's cool stuff going on in the film experience. We're kind of going back and forth about certain movies, like um, somebody loved the movie Babylon, somebody hated it. I'm kind of in the middle, and we're all talking back and forth about that kind of stuff. Um, you can also find me on other pods as I'm daily through this podcasting. Jake, where can the people find you on your fancy island uh, glass onion with the uh, with the Joseph Gordon-Levitt dong? I'm just trying to win an iPad, man. <laughs> that was a great... The man that was, <laughs> that was a great little notice. It's like, what do we win? It's like an iPad. It's like, I don't need an iPad. <laughs> oh, and, and, and not to mention the payoff of him getting, him getting shot and the blood spurting out. Just, oh, the, yeah. <laughs> just all that was great. Just as he solved it immediately. Um, make sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at create a common pod. Please like subscribe, rate and review. Enjoy the show wherever you get your podcast. Um, we are going, um, we're going to do our second Tom Hanks movie next week. It's uh, a little departure different from the Forrest Gump side, uh, a big departure from Tom Hanks as general, going back to uh, the final, not final film role, but generally the final film role of Paul Newman uh, over your, who's over your shoulder right now. But um, um, we're going to yeah. 2002 for Road to Perdition uh, next week should be oh, a yeah. good one. We will catch you next time. Thanks so much for joining us. Trick!